Welcome to the Glory in Our Stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Mike Sarge. Hello, folks. Uh, this is Calvin Pinoet Jr. This is episode 29 of uh, the glory in our stories. I'm sitting across um, from a good friend of mine, a very talented local artist, uh, Mike Sarge. Um, I'm not even going to go into details as far as what this guy has done. I mean, his, his resume is is beyond an hour long, so I'm, um, I'm going to let his life speak for itself. Um, but I met I met Mike about a couple of years ago at a, uh, at a men's meeting that we had at a friends of ours house. And it was at that moment, I knew he was in the military, mm-hmm. but I didn't know he was he was this deep into music. And I think you may have just started at that point. I just started, yeah. And so I was maybe one project deep, if even that. And I remember you sitting next to Seti Mac. Mm-hmm. And I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I got introduced to him mm-hmm. and um, he wasn't he was candid about his mindset mm-hmm. and that was new to me to be in the company of fellow Christians mm-hmm. and for him to say that yeah. but to him for him to be comfortable enough to say that yeah. that was that environment in itself was was a, a nuance to me as far as uh, being surrounded by like-minded men yeah. um, but fast forward a couple of years uh, Mike drops a couple of EPs does a couple of albums and um, Mike Sarge is starting to become a household name here in Augusta, not only in Augusta, but nationwide. Um, he's been recently nominated for um, three categories. What was the name of the... Um, uh, the International Music and, uh, Entertainment and Arts uh, yes. Association, yeah. Uh, they've nominated me for three awards. Uh, Art, Hip-Hop Artist of the Year, uh, Song of the Year, and Album of the Year. So I'm really excited about that. I'm grateful, too. Uh, like I said, that's just the tip of the iceberg uh, for those of you who are listening. But uh, Mike, I, I had to interview you, man. I've always wanted to. Um, we talk every now and then. Yep. I get bits and pieces of your story. Yeah. Um, and to hear your music and to realize that you have this unique way of looking at things mm-hmm. and illustrating it for us to understand. And one thing that I personally enjoy about a good hip-hop artist that can utilize all elements, put them together and create a picture, create a story. Mm-hmm. You do that very well. Thank you. And um, that's that was the, the onset of hip-hop. Artists were able to do that. And to see what has happened, which we'll get into, uh, to see what has happened to hip-hop in the last what, 10 or 20 years. I mean, it's mostly 10 years right. uh, since two of our iconic um um, influences have passed away. Um, it's actually been over about 20 years, almost 20 years since yeah. they passed. Yeah. And to, <laughs> time, time flies, man. Ooh. And they said that when they died, a lot of people said hip hop died. But NF said um, hip hop isn't dead, it's just been in mourning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, crazy. Um, but it was still, it's still hip hop. It just it changed, it evolved, it went up and mm-hmm. down, left, right. Yeah. And But to hear your music, and to hear that you're a local artist at that, and to develop like a new sound, mm-hmm. 
and 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 bring up a lot of social and current issues and not being able not being afraid to address it yeah. you know that that in itself is is admirable from 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 a hip-hop fan and i appreciate what you're doing not just as a person but as a hip-hop artist and what you're doing to hip-hop thank you i really appreciate that thank you um so um so yeah, where, where were you? Um, you might have mentioned this before to me about that. Where were you born, and what was your uh, childhood like? So, uh, man, so I was originally born in Georgia, um, but I was raised a uh, uh, military kid, you know, um, mm-hmm. or Air Force brat in that in that manner. My dad was in the Air Force, and about a year after I was born, uh, my sibling, well, he got orders to go to Texas. Yeah. So, my siblings were born in Texas, and I was there for maybe. I'll say probably till I was about five, about five years old. And then a lot of things were changing. So, you know, my dad felt like, all right, it, it might be better if we if we move back to Georgia. You know, my mom's family's in Georgia. Uh, there were a lot more opportunities as far as his degree and my mom's degree. So they're like, okay, let's go back to Georgia. Uh, we moved back and I'm in the Atlanta area, which is, you know, the Atlanta area and the San Antonio, Texas area are two different worlds. They're yeah. two, completely two different <laughs> worlds. And uh, so, uh, learning how things are, are, are done, well, we're really not learning, but uh, remembering how things are done in the South, mm-hmm. uh, in the dirty South anyway, compared to, say, the Midwest, and that South is different. So, whether it was my interactions with other kids, um, how schools are run were different as well, how even churches are, are run are, are different. Um, me learning all those things and me being the oldest out of four and having to kind of go through the growing pain, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, everyone says, you know, the oldest goes through all the, the mistakes of the parents, so to mm-hmm. speak. So yep. uh, I had to get through that and, you know, learning how to be a leader, figuring out who I am, all that other stuff. Uh, it was it was a challenge, but I think it made me stronger uh, in a lot of different ways. I, uh, I'm naturally... How do I word this? I'm naturally a loyal person. Yeah. Um, which was great in at least in that environment because everyone's looking out. Everyone thinks in that you know crew mentality, the squad mentality. You know, it's me and my family, me and my friends, yada yada. And so from that aspect, I fit in well. Where there became friction, the older I got was, you know, I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things that I was fighting, trying to understand, like. All right, I understand this is what I'm being told is wrong, but that's not what I'm seeing from everyone else. Yeah. So, I'm trying to balance what maybe my, my folks say is right and wrong, uh, the Bible saying what's right and wrong, what my friends are doing, what their parents are allowing them to do, uh, what my coaches are saying, and then also like just the culture of what we're in. So obviously, music influences mm-hmm. a lot of what we do and what we hear and how we uh, interact with each other. Social media was on the rise because at that point it was MySpace. Yeah. It wasn't Facebook. Uh, so that was on the rise and then just the internet itself as well. So there were a lot of things that had a big hand in, in who I became and I think ultimately uh, it ended up making me better. Um, yeah. So I'd say, I'd say like I call but I definitely call Atlanta home. You know, that's, that's home for me. So uh, despite how our sports teams play, I, I still I still rep them pretty hard. I know that's tough. <laughs> I know that's tough. Um, so the now I just recently learned this about a year or two ago. The, mm-hmm. the concept of the Bible Belt is that just the southeast, or does that extend further? So it's mainly yeah, I, it's mainly the southeast. So when we talk about the belt, we're we're generally talking about 
um, you know, the Carolinas, um, Virginia's included in that, mm -hmm. Tennessee, Georgia. Um, with Florida, it kind of it kind of depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, because there are pockets of Florida that are completely different. Um, so Orlando is completely different from Miami. And, like, it's, it's almost like you're in another state completely. So um, it really depends on who you're talking to. But for the most part, yeah, you're talking Georgia, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Virginia. I, like, I'd venture to even put Maryland in that, to be, to be honest. Um, but that's what we consider the, the Bible Belt. So, so uh, growing up in, in church, I realized because um, in Arkansas when when I was born, we mm -hmm. grew up in the First Assembly of God Church. Okay. And growing up, I knew because I've said this before, I knew what God was, mm -hmm. but I didn't know who He was. Mm. I knew what He was from my mom, but to my mom, she knew who He was because she had already developed that relationship. Right. So growing up on the outside. Like you said, you're told of the rules, mm -hmm. but you don't. There's no explanation there's as no, to why. Right? There's no basis of, of. There's no. I don't want to say there's not a foundation because you're, yeah. you're learning what's in, in scripture. But as far there's no foundation for that relationship. Yeah. Because um, you said it. Like you know of of him, but you don't know him. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I get you 100. percent So up up until I guess when you were younger. Mm -hmm. How was how was that life as far as your relationship or your your interaction with the with the idea of God, knowing who I guess Ooh. yeah. Um it was Man, I, I'd have to say it was it was a bit conflicting at times, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest, because I felt like I always had the passion to know him. Um like me going to, to church on, you know, Wednesday nights, you know, for Bible study and stuff, I actually, like, I enjoyed that. Like, I looked forward to it. Yeah. Um, you know, even if I was tired from, you know, football practice or basketball practice, like, I always looked forward to it. Yeah. But I think a lot of the conflict came from not so much I didn't feel like I had the ability to know him on a deeper level. It was the fact that in the process of me trying to figure that out, I was still trying to fit in oh, with man. everyone around me. Yeah. And there was so much conflict because imagine now like you're going to you know church you're going to sunday school you're going to you know teens bible study and you hear you have purpose you have purpose yada 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 but then you go to school and you're being treated just the opposite right just the opposite and so in the midst of you trying to find yourself and figure out who you are like period so you have all these people trying to tell you who you are. So your coaches in sports have their opinion of you. Your parents have who they want you to be. That's mm -hmm. another thing, too, that I don't think gets talked about is, yeah. uh, you know, what your parents want you to be. Then, obviously, you have this view that you want. You have this light that you want others to see you in. And it might not be beneficial to who you actually are. That's another fight in itself, too. So all these things, and I'm like, all right, God, like, I want to know you. But, but help me out here because, you know, I crave, I, I want, especially at that time, like, I wanted friendships. I wanted people I could call best friends. I wanted, um, you know, you see all these people dating left and right and, you know, with the baddest people. You're like, Lord, like, why isn't that me? Like, like she knows, you know, oh, dude is, is, is nothing but trouble, but she don't care. Uh, so there were a number of things that, like, I'd say were more distractions than anything else. It's not that I couldn't see God or, you know, I couldn't get closer it's when your eyes aren't necessarily on him yeah it, it's easier to get sidetracked and then 
instead of thank you know you'll notice your 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 conversations with him will change from you know being grateful what's your will what's your path it goes from that to why isn't this happening for me or how come it's always me how come I don't seem to always get the right friends or I'm always the one being backstabbed it, it becomes you focused yeah um, and then what you miss is in that moment it only that's only showing how broken like we are like but you don't see that none of us see that and I know for me I didn't see it so music ended up being my my almost my median mm-hmm. uh, so to speak so regardless of what genre it is I listen to it as yeah. growing up man I, so yeah I was raised in the church but I loved hip hop so growing up I listened to a lot of hip hop I'd say gospel and definitely R&B I was, I was definitely an R&B fan just just of what R&B does to you just listening to, to music and man mm-hmm. especially the the, uh, the instrumentation the musicianship as far as because those musicians back then they can play you know they could play some of them could play multiple instruments and they could just pick up just hearing something Mm -hmm. else uh so i had a huge respect and you know profound respect for it and but honestly early i was i was more of a writer like poetry than i was into music yeah um as far as like being an artist i never thought i'd be an artist or producer nothing like that so i was like all right you know i'm in class and this you know biology biology teacher knows i don't care anything about what he's saying right now so let me (laughs) i had a notebook in front of me and i'd act like i was writing notes so really i was just writing poems you know left and right and but usually when i got a chance to sit back and look at what i was writing i was really sometimes i was writing letters to myself and then other times i was writing to this you know imaginary person yeah didn't know who i was talking to i was just talking and granted now me being older me reading him it was me really crying out Mm -hmm. and it was it was more like man god like where are you at you know um i hear people talk so badly about you and stuff like that like defend yourself um because I know that even then I knew I was like Lord I'm, I don't feel qualified to defend you like I'm only you know I'm only 12 I'm only 13 and so I'm like you know Lord like stand up for yourself you know there are people slandering your name like slandering and it's, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make sense how I see church folks doing this and they're saying they're doing it in your name and I know good and well to saying in your name yeah and but that's that's really what what writing became for me it became that medium to be able to help me communicate with him originally um so when i got older i didn't feel this sense of um i know some believers feel like oh i I should watch what i say when i'm when i'm talking to god and stuff like that and i realized i'm like if if you're gonna say that he's the he's the ruler of the universe the creator of all things do you think he's gonna get that hurt (laughs) over the things that we say exactly yeah and i'm sitting here like no y'all like if how you I would rather come to him in all honesty. Yeah. And, and, cause he's gonna see the heart anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sit there and be like, oh, you know, gracious father, thank you for all these things. When he knows in my heart, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm yeah. upset. I'm not gonna do that. So, <laughs> so it, it, it's great to, uh, for me now to be able to look back and go, man, I was just searching. And I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people are searching. And I think that's what a lot of the fuel for, the music that I'm doing now is, is is starting, a lot of that is starting to filter in because I realize that every single day, regardless of what we're doing, regardless if you're a Christian or not, regardless of, of where you're from or your race or any of that, 
everybody's crying out. We just all show it differently. Yeah. Um, and so whether it's some people, they, their focus is their career, and that's how they deal with the pain and the hurt and the stress that they had back in the day. Some people deal with the music. Some people use drugs and alcohol. Everyone, everyone's different. Um, but the reason is the same, and that's because we're all longing for something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. So the reason's all the same. Um, and so if I can use music to help direct people to what I believe to be the answer, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a joy for me. That's something that I will continue to do until... Uh, I gotta hang it up, hang it up the, you know, <laughs> hang up the mic, hang up the headphones or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's been my drive. That's been my drive. Listen to you. I thought about because uh, right now I'm watching Rapture on um, Netflix. Yeah. And it's a part where uh, it's about Nas and maybe about one or two artists, like the second episode. Okay. And he's listening to a new track. It's uh, Black Black Power, White Powder by Killer Mike. Hmm. And Nas is sitting on the couch, and he's big. Um, Killer Mike is playing this track for him. So I just want to let you know, he he goes into this spiel about what the track is about. Mm -hmm. Then he plays it, and Nas is like, "Yo, I'm feeling." It. And then he said, "What do you think?" And Nas said, "Can I can I say one thing?" He said, "Yeah, everything you were saying before, you had me hyped in. You had me hyped for the song. Mm -hmm. but when the song came on, I, I feel like you didn't really." You didn't you didn't speak from that voice. Mm -hmm. So the way you spoke prior mm -hmm. is the lens that I was prepared to look through. Gotcha. And but he was basically saying what that you were saying, you're not really saying it in your work. Uh you're not communicating that same no, no, message no. the same way. But everything you're saying mm -hmm. is all in your work, especially in your latest project, Sushi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> every every year everything you put out is getting more and more and it's like getting closer and closer and closer to like the need of it yeah and it's getting to the point where even that for some people is personal but Nas was like yo you need to be candid man like that's that's one of the key elements of hip-hop is people to just be address social issues mm -hmm. and basically have no filter mm -hmm. and that's one thing that I, I thought was cool was that everything that you ever speak on we can hear it you say you want to know what Mike says put this on if you want to know what he said look listen to what he said a couple of years ago because there's truth in what it's truth in your music and like you said you're applying it to that yeah. um i'm actually one question before i go to the next one. go for it um so what comes first for you because i was recently asked this from uh Raul, okay. who is um the person the, my brother that graduated right, right, right. track. yeah he said so how does your process go process go do you write first and then you find a track or do you create you create a track and write like how does that how does that work for you Ooh man okay so to me i think that's the fun part of being just a creative in general yeah. uh because you know everyone does things differently for me i'll be completely honest with you um it really i'd say it's based on how strongly i feel about the topic yeah so you know sometimes i just i just have the itch to create and make music to to for people to enjoy mm -hmm. so a lot of times you know i'll go searching for production or you know i'll look through uh, a list or catalog that i kind of have of, of people that i really respect and i love their stuff mm -hmm. so i'll go through there or maybe even local you know producers you know that that do good work and i'll go through their catalog and i'm listening and then you hear that one beat that you're like oh i can i need to say something to this i don't <laughs> know what i'm saying yet but th that's the one yeah. so sometimes you know i'll hear it and then the um the theme of the production kind of draws the emotion out. Yeah. And then other times where 
I'll see something on TV or I'll see an issue that people are talking about on, you know, social media or I'll hear something in a podcast that I'm listening to and I'll realize like either I have a similar perspective on that same topic or there's something that I believe is being missed that needs to be discussed about that topic. And in those cases, especially if I I feel super strong um, about it, I will find someone that I know personally or I'll produce it myself and go, all right, this is the focus for what I want to talk about. Help me uh, draw out this emotions in this track. And what ends up happening is um, sometimes you're able to pull more heartstrings, so to speak, Mm. when you hear a track because then you'll go. So they'll play an instrument, they'll play a synthesizer or something. And they'll go, what do you think? And I'm like, okay, that's along the lines of where I'm going. But sometimes you, you want to go, all right, I need it a little bit more raw, though. I need it grittier. Or mm-hmm. sometimes you want it to be on a lighter note. So you're like, okay, can I have some bells? Something that will you know, kind of spruce up the song. So uh, yeah. I think it really depends on what I'm talking about. Um, but there's nothing wrong with you know just going through beat stores and stuff like that and just wanting to be inspired. Because a lot of times, man, you feel inspired to do it. You can make great music either way. Yeah. Either way. So I tell anyone, you know, regardless of what way you do it, continue to do it that way. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. What, what was the last thing you've written that you were like, you know, I, I got to get this down? Like, Ooh. like you probably didn't even stop until you regurgitated so I was everything. Done, man. Um, I would. So honestly, I'd probably have to say sushi. And this is why I say that. Uh, sushi, I wrote like six verses really yeah i wrote like six <laughs> verses uh because that's how that's how like into it i was at yeah. that moment and because there were so many different things i wanted to address but i mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't want i didn't want to want it to sound like i was complaining mm-hmm. but i did want something that was hard hitting so uh I, honestly it was hard trying to cut out what verses i was gonna pick like that was that, that was hard because i don't like cutting out verses yeah, at a song so <laughs> when i did pick it i made sure that i was very strategic in the way that i said it mm-hmm. so uh for example like in the second verse you know people hear me say donald trump in it right mm-hmm. and it's towards the back end of a uh of a met like of a of a bar so people assume i'm taking shots at donald trump Mm-hmm. But if you're listening to the lines prior, you realize that like I'm actually taking shots at the people that are bashing him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you gonna get backlash for that mm-hmm. just for that one statement. Just for that one statement. What, what you say out of context? But people, but, but see, people yeah. aren't people. I think they're so ready to jump on others for their opinion that they're not actually listening yeah. to what the person's saying. And so when I when I had a few people text me like, yo, that Donald Trump line was, was dope. And then I talked to them later, I realized they didn't actually catch what I meant. Yeah. Uh, so like, because even in the verse, I, I'm saying, I'm talking about how people will complain about their communities and things like that. And I'm saying that they'll, on the radio, they'll keep playing songs that talk about, you know, money, sex, drugs, killing each other, stuff like that. And we'll keep replaying it and replaying it. it. But the fact is, we're all cool with that type of ignorance until Donald Trump says something similar to ignorance. And then all of a sudden, we have a problem with what he's saying. Exactly. And so that, so in that manner, like, I truly believe that as an artist, like, you got to tell the truth. No matter, mm-hmm. make sure it's your way. You know, say it how you would say it. Um, 
but don't worry about the backlash because one half the time people aren't really paying attention to what you're saying (laughs) and two when you're being honest and you're not attacking like you're saying it but you're not actually attacking people it opens the, the the doorway to have conversations about said things that you're frustrated by or the things that you really like to see in your community mm-hmm. and, and what's going on. So that one is probably the one, Sushi is probably the one recently that I just, I was writing and I kept writing, I kept writing, I kept writing because I just, mm-hmm. everything was, because I was thinking about that, like then politics reminded me about what's going on in the community, community reminded me of the, the almost like the bondage that's going on in families right now, yeah. um, the dissension within families, and then that reminded me of the school system, and then like it all just tied together. And I said, "Man, I don't know how I'm going to cut out these verses, but I found a way." Um, but the cool part about it is, you know, some people have asked me like, "Hey, like is that it? Is like sushi? That's it?" And I was like, "No, that's a part of something bigger. That's a part of a bigger <laughs> project." Uh, but I had to get that one out because I felt like time-wise, it just fit. Yeah, like just it just felt like a timely track, and so I just released it. And I was like, okay, you know, let's see what happens. Man, because that's you got a lot of punches in there, a lot yeah. of necessary punches, yeah. and um, I think it was maybe the either the tail end, last two bars of the second or third verse mm-hmm. where you said we all fishing for souls, but we're not rocking in the same boat. Yeah, I was like. Wow. Yeah, that was my that was kind of like my my shot at believers. Yeah, uh, not being on the same page because uh, I think that's probably I put that purposely on the end because I felt like that's probably what disappoints me the most. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what's going on in the world, believers need to be on the same page because if we're supposed to have the answer, why would people come to other people being believers if? we're standoffish or we don't look like we have it together or we're not showing love that we're saying is the way uh like it, it's it's so i made sure that that was at the end because it's 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 disappointing as a believer to see people fight over minuscule things like yeah. well you know i believe this is the day of the sabbath okay well okay well i believe this is how the you know where it says um you know with Moses that the, the the oceans parted okay well I believe that it actually you know rose up and was split I believe that the water just went away <laughs> guys guys it's not it's not that deep it's not that deep you know yeah. what is what is our core belief and why are we here yeah if we're all on the same page that everything else God, like God will pave the way and he'll put us all in the positions that we need to be but so often we fight over the little things and we're bashing leadership because they think differently than us we're bashing people that may not have the platform so to speak but their message needs to be heard by people that are hurting so uh yeah that one that that one i felt like it was necessary that one i and and i I looked at myself in the mirror when i wrote it too you know like that's that's all of us that's that's me included like we all need to do better as far as how we treat people and actually praying for people and helping people when they need help so uh i'm glad you caught that i'm glad you (laughs) yeah because i was like yeah, <laughs> y'all can't see my face, but it was just—it's that nasty face. Like that was real. That needed to be said. Yeah. Um, and like you said, pulling that heartstrings—I think that's very important. And it's not to offend, right? But it's—it's it's causing us to be introspective and be right. like, I'm so quick to talk about such and such, but what am I doing wrong? Because mm-hmm. I—I um, literally have no right, none whatsoever. Right. Um, but it's funny. I guess this does tie into my next question about hip hop because for me I I love R&B 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Like that's that's number one for me gotcha. because R&B was speaking to me during a time where I was a helpless romantic. Right. And I'm like, because Anita Baker just she did it for oh, me. Oh man, she Anita bad. Man, she did it. For me. I was I remember breaking up with my high school um, sweetheart, mm-hmm. and it was the best of Anita Baker CD. And I remember sitting there just listening to it, mm-hmm. and my heart was just melting. And I'm like, I know, Anita, mm-hmm. I know, I know what you're saying. I, it hurts, mm-hmm. it hurts, but, and maybe it was this way for you. Hip hop spoke to me in a way that nobody else or nothing else did. Yes. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, these cats are rapping the way that I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think like that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the same way. Mm-hmm. So I just started listening to it more. Right. And I got engaged. Was that was that your introduction yeah. to hip hop? Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta say that's exactly how it was. I mean, like the the great part about hip hop is I, I think you nailed it. Was they rap how we think. So sometimes, depending on what the situation is, man, our mind is just racing, going, going, going. And yeah. I think of double time when rappers go and, and, and how fast information is being processed. Like, oh, man, that just happened. My goodness, I feel like this. I wonder how that person feels. Yada, yada. Like, that's how our minds go. And then other times where everything's just slowed down, mm-hmm. right? And it's not always about being uh, flashy or witty. Sometimes it's just saying truth in bars sometimes and sometimes that's just how we think when we're just sitting down and you know everyone's place of um thinking is different some people they think about the best they think of the greatest ideas when they're in the shower or in the bathroom or in their car and but rappers do that as well because like in the studio or in their personal space when they're creating that's how it is and so hip-hop for me was like man i don't have to say things the way that other people say them like i can say them exactly how i feel Um, You know, so if someone is, you know, relating their anger to, you know, um, you know, a a beehive or something like that, like I can relate, you know, my anger to, you know, um, Marvel and the Hulk and something like that. So Mm -hmm. that's what makes uh, hip hop so great is you don't have to stay in one lane. I told um, uh, a few people, actually, that I met with a bunch of local artists that are trying to get better. And. One of the things that they said is like, well, how do I separate myself from everyone else? And I said, okay, try this. So they all had notebooks in front of them. And I said, all right, guys, I want you to write this on top of your uh, notebook. I said, I want you to write the word orange. Right. So they all wrote it down. And I was like, I want you to write four to eight bars. If as if you're writing a song about the color orange or the fruit or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I gave them about about 10 minutes right 10 15 minutes i said don't make it professional just like just do it right and so there's about three or four of them and then when they all got done i said all right i need y'all to pass your notebook to someone else right and read what they wrote uh to yourself all right waited about 30 seconds told them pass it again pass it to another person right by the time we got done i told them i said all right i need you guys to notice something i guarantee you none of y'all stuff was exactly the same yeah. You guys were talking about the exact same topic. All of them are different. And and I said, why is it different? And they're like, well, I don't know, because the way that we think about it is different. I was like, yes, but what else is tied into that? And one of them hit it on the head, their experience. Yeah. So one of them, Orange, reminded them of uh, orange juice that they always used to drink when they played the Nintendo 64. <laughs> right? That, But that's a memory, and that's something that only they can bring out. Yeah. Right? And then another, them, uh, another one of them thought of... Um, 
orange and the fact that like it's hard to rhyme with things with the color orange so he was trying to prove that he could be creative yeah. rhyming uh the, with the word orange so i was like see that's creative but what's awesome about that is everyone thinks differently on that mm -hmm. and i said if you want to separate yourself be yourself that's it like you don't have to be anyone else because no one else is going to put out the content the way that you put it out and that's what hip-hop was for me yeah. i felt like man i don't have to be uh i don't have to talk this way i don't have to rap this way i can be myself and the ones that will appreciate what i'm doing they'll appreciate it mm -hmm. um and that's that's just what hip-hop was for me and me being able to see artists do it especially i'll say during the 2000 and let's go from like 04 to 09 so we had a lot of heavy hitters from 04 to 09 so that was the beginning of drake so to speak little wayne ti kanye jay-z was still around eminem was still around and they were all talked about in that light of all right who's the best yeah. and to be honest we're talking rb that was the start of uh chris brown and rihanna um also if i go back to hip-hop Ludacris was still in there yeah uh like there were so many heavy hitters t-pain his beginning was in there so yeah. there was so much to where you didn't have to stay in one lane. You didn't have to be just trap or just Southern hip hop or just New York hip hop. You could be literally anything. Uh, I mean, as far as Atlanta, the Atlanta scene was so lively because you had Andre 3000 and oh, oh man, it was, it was, it was, wow. it was great. Like it, it was great. So me growing up, being able to see all that diversity, it just made me go, I want to, I want to learn from these guys. But what I'm, what I was really taking from them is how to how to be me and be okay with it yeah like that's really what i was taking from him uh so man that's hip-hop for me hip-hop was man it was magical for me yeah it was magical and um i can hear that going back to when you said a little bit of gospel mm -hmm. a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of r&b i can see all that infused in your work yeah and um some people like to separate all three and I think that's one of the uh, the problems mm -hmm. uh, with, with hip-hop is they think that nothing could be um, synchronized with anything else. It has to be separated. And uh, even the way you, were, the way you were describing um, the speed of rap and how people would slow down, mm -hmm. it reminded me of uh, Endominio's latest single, Clarity. Mm -hmm. Because he's, he goes slow and methodical, and then all of a sudden he, he speeds up, and then, it just, and then he slows down again. And I'm like, that's... Yeah, I, I love it because mm -hmm. it's so it's so um, a versa, versatile and yep. and I just those elements in itself aesthetically, yep. I love them. But it's what you're saying and it's your message. Yep. Now, I'm actually, do you think that some artists that are hip hop artists that are performing now are they trying? Are they riding that that trend to say, oh, if I want to make some money, this is what I need to do mm. because it makes you. Because that aspect seems to overpower and overshadow like their true talent. Yeah, um, I, I, did, I definitely agree with that. I'll I'll say this. Um, I believe, and not even just hip hop, just music in general has yeah. become very hit focused. So it seems like the industry is pushing, hey, whatever you release, it has to be a hit. So the more I sit down with Mike and I listen to him. Uh, the more I'm taken aback by the amount of wisdom that this cat has. And it's not just in reference to music, uh, but just life in general. Um, he, he, has, he wears many hats. He's a husband, he's a father, he's a brother, he's a son, he's a friend. Uh, but most importantly, he's a Christian. Um, Mike lives that declaration. He doesn't necessarily have to speak it.
So you can hear it infused in his in his work. You can hear it in his conversations. And it is a true honor to know a fellow man um, that puts God at the top of the list and let everything follow suit. So continue to listen in. It's been an honor to sit across from him, uh, listen in to his stories. Episode 29 of The Glory in Our Stories uh, with the awesome, the cool Mike Sarge. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you're killing creativity. Um, because everyone is, is under the mindset of, oh, everything at least has to be a classic. It has to be a classic. And the the problem I have with that is, if we're being honest as artists, not everything that we write is going to be a classic. That's, that's, just, right. that's, just, that's just the truth. And also, number two is, like, my definition of a classic is going to be different from yours. Yeah. So how many times do you know does an album drop, and we listen to the entire album, and then we come together and you tell me like your favorite song, and I'm like, okay, that was cool, but I really rock with this track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it's not that either one of us is wrong, but what you look for in a track might be different from what I look for in a track. And so to go, well, this is a classic. Look at the numbers on this. Numbers don't really mean as much anymore in the industry because it's really who's getting money pushed behind them yeah and i think that puts a lot of that that puts a lot of pressure on other artists especially that aren't on that type of platform on a huge platform or anything like that uh when you when the focus is you have to make hits you have to make hits you have to make hits you take away the element of transparency yeah i agree with that you take away the element of transparency because then what you end up doing is you go back to the last 10 you know hits in the past you know five years or so and you go all right let's study and this is what they do like they'll study okay how did they write this hook hmm okay it has to be a melodic type hook all right because a lot of people they study drake on hooks because he makes hits i mean he really does but but what we do is we go take the blueprint of a whole bunch of different artists and producers and singers and then we're like all right we're gonna take those elements and then we're gonna make our version of that yeah and Sonically, it probably sounds great, but the reason why it doesn't feel like a classic, you can't you can't just hear a song like you know a classic because you you hear it and it sonically sounds good, but it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. And the reason why it doesn't feel a certain way is because there's no transparency. I don't hear them mm-hmm. in it, and so um, that's why I said it's not just hip hop. I feel like it's it's all genres, but it's more it's more apparent in hip hop, yeah. where it seems like it's less just being open which which is why i believe that a lot of people cling to not just drake but j cole because that man is just an open book yeah he is and so when you hear him i know that i'm not getting anyone else but him yeah like i like i know it um and even with drake even with his you know uh what's the song hotline bling right well like, that's a super goofy song but i believe that that's him yeah and I think that's why that works because when the you know the music video, he's not trying to be like hard. He's not trying to be like he's from the streets or anything. He's doing Hotline Blink and he's just being goofy doing a dance. And I believe, yo, if that's you, be you. Yeah. And and I think honestly, as as much as as much as there is talk about the mumble rap game, mm. the thing I can't take away from them is they're being themselves. Yeah. And even though there might be a small pocket of people that are really buying that music and things like that, those fans are taking care of them because those guys are being transparent and being themselves. Yeah. 
So they're going, hey, I don't care what anyone else says. I have an audience and I have a bunch of people that think and talk and think like me. And they've gone through, you know, they're not in the in crowd. They get laughed at, yada, yada. And they want to be an inspiration to those people. I can't hit on that at all. Um, Because if we're being honest, they're actually doing more than what a lot of the guys that can rap aren't doing. Because really, what, what we talk about, what Chance the Rapper, um, Kendrick and Cole, as far and, and Drake that that do things for the community. Okay, that's four rappers out of everybody that's saying, "Yo, I rap too." Yeah, and it, and so uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of mm, it's kind of sad that it's kind of going that way. Yeah. But I try to make sure that when I make music, that yeah, there'll be songs where I'm, I'm focused and I'm being a little bit more serious. But I make sure that I, I have songs that are just. Uh, you know, feel good, just throw in your car and just bounce to, because I'm like, that's me. Like, when I'm listening to music, I don't want, you know, super serious all the time. Every now and then, yeah, I want bars. Every now and then, I want, like, a, a good love track. Every now and then, I want a good, like, uh, maybe a song that's got some pop elements and stuff like that, because, let's be honest, um, all the other genres, they're taking a lot of hip-hop elements and put it in their music, because yep. they know it sells. Yeah. And so, kind of like what you said, I don't understand why hip-hop feels like it has to be exclusive. When all the other genres, they're like, hip hop sells. Look at commercials right now; they got some type of hip hop instrumental in the background. Look at movies and the way that their soundtracks now when they release them. Yeah, a lot of hip hop in it because they realize that sells. So, from a hip hop side, I think what helped um, Jay Z and oh man, uh, what helped Jay Z and a couple of other rappers is that they decided we're going to take phenomenal singers and we're going to put them in our music because even if they're not paying attention to a word we're saying they're going to go for that hook they're going to listen to that song 24 7 because of that hook yeah and if hip-hop can understand like it's all the elements it's not just your bar game it's not just how you look in the videos it's all the elements because you don't know who's listening to your music and so i try to take that into account when i'm doing music yeah yep it's funny you said that about um, how hip-hop, other genres are taken upon hip-hop elements. Yeah. There's a song by um, Maroon 5 called Wait. And mm. I'm not sure you heard it before. Mm-hmm. But it's like their latest album that came out. Okay. My sister introduced me to that song. She's like, CJ, you got to hear this song. Okay. So when it comes on, I'm like, okay. And then the beat drops. And I'm like, mm. like it's, 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 it's a nice, it's a nice, that man, out. it's a nice feel. Hmm. And even the uh, the hook to it. I mean, um, what's his name? Is it Adam, Adam Levine? I think that's his name. Hmm. The lead singer of Maroon 5. He, man, it was just, I was like, man. I'm going to have to check that out. And it's so funny because he performed it live. Mm-hmm. And it didn't get the reaction that I believe it could have should have deserved because they're not used to hearing that from Maroon 5. Okay. So I was like, yeah, they're doing something different. Right. But it sounds really good. That's awesome. But it's funny you said that because it does. It crosses over, and you now you're starting to hear elements of different genres in everything. Exactly. And um, even Drake, he was probably one of the first hip hop artists that sings in his own range mm-hmm. and makes it sound good. Yep. Yep. That's I love. Uh, what is it? Um, hold on. That song came out. This called uh, Oh, uh, oh, why is the name escaping me? Uh, oh, I got the melody. Uh, why is that? Oh, why is the name escaping me right now? Uh, man, I've, dang it, that's gonna bug me now. But I, I love it because I'm like, he's not 
He's not. He's not even. He doesn't rap at all. He's he's just melodic. Yes. He's 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 harmonizing mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else. But yeah. he stays in his lane, and so um, what's cool about it is he he made that a trend. Like mm-hmm. I truly believe if he didn't do that, there would be a lot of people that wouldn't be like Bryson Tiller. Yeah. Because Drake made that cool to be able to rap and have like not have every track doesn't have to be a like I'm hard on the streets type track sometimes he's just like yo this is how I'm feeling and Drake paved the way for a lot of these newer guys I mean he but but I think that's what hip hop does better than any other genre and I think it's the allowance of new trends new sounds I think it does it better than any other genre in the fact that like there could be like this is the current sound going on and then there's like these sub category pockets of things going on well then when that kind of you know the top dog kind of fades off and one takes its place okay so the world that's a brand new style but to us we're like no that's been around for a while <laughs> yeah and so it, it's great because that means there's always something new coming like there's yeah. always something new being developed and a new trend a new style even production now um i think is really matured um, because I think now producers don't feel like they have to produce like the industry guys. Now they take it more as a challenge. Like, okay, I want to be the next, uh, you know, Metro Boomin. You know, I want to be the next dude that's uh, that produces like Kanye. But maybe I don't want to use 60 samples. Maybe I want to use 90 samples. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I love to see creativity and people go, all right, that's cool. That's what you would do. But this is how I would treat my 808s and my bass. This is how I would treat a snare and things like that. So it's it's awesome to see. And I think hip-hop allows people to just be themselves. Like just, mm, this sounds good to me. This is where I'm going. And even though it's risky, you know, it's a huge risk-reward. Because some dude, dudes might be like, yo, that's dope. And others might be like, ah, that was a stretch. But I see where yeah. you're going. Uh, hip-hop at least allow, allows that forum to, to try. Mm-hmm. To try. And so, man, it's, it's awesome. I, I love what I'm seeing. Uh, there's some improvements that need to happen, uh, I think, from the artistry side and the creativity side. Yeah. Uh, at least from artists. Um, but overall, I think it's in a it's in a good place. I think it's in a good place right now. Now, going in the uh, referencing new sound, mm-hmm. my next question would be: What major difference do you see between your recording and your performance now, opposed to when you initially started? Ooh. Uh. Man, okay, so one, I'll say I have a lot more confidence than I had <laughs> when I first started. Um, when I first started, I think I was just, I was just happy to get behind the mic, yeah. Like, I, cause I felt like the mic gave me a voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, like I felt like it gave me a voice that I never had growing up. To where people are listening to me and they're going, "Hey, I remember when you said this, or I heard you say that." And I'm like, oh, wow, like people are listening. OK, cool. <laughs> so I think confidence in one, knowing that people are listening. But then what followed is I realized, oh, man, like people are listening, like the realization people are listening. OK, I, I need to be talking about something like I can't just be like just releasing whatever. Like yeah. if I'm going to have people's attention, like let me say something that is going to impact people, like impact lives. And I'll say I'll say number one, confidence is what changed over time. I'll say also um my drive changed. Yeah. Um, so I think, how can I quit this? 
I'll quit to, to, to being in like in the honeymoon stage, right? <laughs> so you're just happy to get behind a mic. All right, then once you got behind a mic, then you want to record something, and then you want to make it a full song, and then you release it, and then you get people's reaction, and then you're like, man, that like that mix wasn't that great. Like you listen to it later, and you're like, that wasn't <laughs> that great. Or, ooh, I don't need to be singing. Or, you know, all these other things, yeah. right? And so you learn very quickly either is this just a hobby or is this something like, man, I want to keep doing yeah. And slowly but surely, um, I realized it was something I wanted to keep doing. And when you realize it's something that you want to do, then you're always trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always trying to get better. And so um, what ended up happening is the more I was writing and the more I was becoming more in tune with figuring out who I was as a person and, and recognizing the things around me, just naturally you get better because you're doing more writing and because you're doing more writing you're obviously doing more recording too so there's some things that i didn't i got better at but i didn't realize i was doing it like i wasn't intentionally saying i'm gonna get better at this it was just happening yeah. uh, my writing was just getting better um and i think also the background of me me loving r&b and hip-hop and things like that because there's some things i don't believe people someone had to teach me because i listened to dudes that already did it dudes and and ladies that already did it um so i'd say confidence my drive went up and then i'll say most importantly uh as far as what changed i'll say especially from the performances side Mm -hmm. i think my um my mentality of how to engage people got a lot better too yeah um i think as i think as far as just talking to other people i'm pretty good at but I think what I learned is music has a way. There are some things, there are some conversations that I'd want to have in in, uh, in person with someone that they probably wouldn't receive well at all. But if I put it, put that topic in a song, they're more than willing to listen. Yeah. And so uh, being strategic and being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being uh, intentional. Mm-hmm about what you're trying to say and how you're trying to relay that message. Uh, I learned that. I, I learned that. Um, and I learned that, man, like, if I'm going to do this, let me make sure that I'm saying it in such a way that, okay, you understand I'm being serious about whatever. Like, I have a passion for what I'm talking about. But I'm not saying to necessarily sway you. I'm saying it because I want you to see my perspective. Yeah. Um, and then in that case, people see it as, like, more love loving way like oh, okay he's just trying to let me know this is what he goes through not oh you're gonna you know you're gonna accept it because i said it um but yeah i, I learned that man some conversations that i want to have with other people i realize i can't uh because of how maybe it'll come off yeah but man you put it in a song and some people are just like oh man like i was really feeling what you're saying but yet, in the same time in the back of your head you're like but i tried to have this conversation with you a while back and you took this totally <laughs> different yeah, man. So, I mean, that's that's what I learned. Just, you know, that's what changed the confidence, uh, being intentional, and then the drive, like being able to see, uh, to learn a lot more about myself and how I view the world. Because uh, I also say, I feel like I, I grew up, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the longer I did music, because in music, there are a lot of things you have to be honest with. Yeah. You got to be honest about, we talked about vocal range. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be honest about, okay, how fast can you rap or can't? Um, doesn't mean you can't get better, but in that moment, you got to be honest with where you're at. Yeah. You got to be honest about who your influences are. Um, even 
you got to be honest about what songs you sound good on. Yeah. So there are beats that I love, like the style of beats I love, like Dirty South Beats. I love the style of it, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean my voice sounds good rapping on those type of beats. Yeah. Like you might sound better on a boom bat beat or like a sample, you know, track. And so being honest with myself and going, all right, this is where I am level wise. And then looking at other artists that were close to me, like Seti Mac and going like, all right, as far as like toe to toe, his songs, my songs, where am I at? You know, and just being honest about it. Because then if you're like, all right, my songs ain't there yet. The thing that I always said to myself was yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not there yet. And so I would I would start listening when I'm listening to my favorite artist or I'm listening to his music. I'm like, okay, what is he, what is he doing? Like that's so like catchy. Then so I started paying attention to things like ad libs. Mm-hmm. I started paying attention to the way hooks are done. I started paying attention to um, sometimes it, it wasn't always about the bar that you necessarily said. It was about how you said it. Yeah. So like uh, I'll use sushi for example. Like when I get to the hook. I could have just said sushi and let it be. It, I, I kind of drug it out and I said sushi. Yeah. And so now when people, certain people see me, they'll say that. And I, and I kind of laugh. <laughs> and I kind of laugh because that's, that's, that's music. Yeah. Like, you know, in hip-hop, how many times do our favorite artists say simple words, but it's the way that they said it. And we always remember that song for that part. Yep. And so um, little things like that is what I studied. I, I studied, like, the, the small things because I, I think it's sports. Mm. The small things is what wins you games and loses games. You know, everyone wants the highlight reel, get in the dunk or whatever, but no one wants to practice free throws. And yeah. a lot of times free throws win more game, win or lose more games than dunks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I tried to focus on the, the little things that, uh, that I could get better at. And I think over time, um, over time, I just finally started seeing the growth and I finally... I heard more and more people say, I like this. And then I'm like, oh, wait, if you like that, then that means I need to get better at this. Yeah. And so, uh, honestly, just just being honest with myself, I think that's what helped me grow the most. Being honest and surrounding myself with people that weren't yes men. Yeah. That, you know, they said, uh, that's all right. Or <laughs> the beat was good. I'm like, the beat was good. What about my bars, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, man, I'd say that's that's what drove me the most. Um, being intentional and not being forceful. Going back on that. Yeah. That, I believe is the way the gospel should be mm. given out and it's funny how because that's what you do you like you have a conversation with someone and you're not forcing god upon them um, um side note for those of you who are listening um mike sarge after someone was exposed to his music exposed him as a person they later mentioned they say um they asked they asked you like are you a christian <laughs> and it's <Yep>. funny because <laughs> you didn't come out and say that nope um, and also for those of you who are listening, um, Mike is the director of creativity for Creative Create Augusta, mm-hmm. and uh, doing one of our actually at the conference the entire time. None of us actually openly admitted to being Christian. Not at all. But based off the vibe that he gives off, and obviously the the influence in his music, you get that feeling. So you can come to your own conclusion opposed to you having to just verbally say and openly say hey this is what i am exactly and i believe one of the awesome things about music is that you know you don't necessarily have to tell somebody what to do or how to think you can basically tell your experience Mm -hmm. and then people say oh i I see what direction he's coming from Mm -hmm. i see what background he has exactly so based off this he has to be he he might be this Mm -hmm. but i have a feeling he is Mm -hmm. and whatever it is 
I like it, so I want more of it. Exactly. I want more info. Yep. And the best part about it is once once that question pops into their head, then generally what ends up happening is they listen to more music. Yep. To to try and get the rest of the story. So that's the that's the awesome part, and that's what I really enjoy about it because you said it like we don't. Uh, a lot of times we don't go out of our way to be like, oh yeah, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. But then if, if people are listening and they're paying attention, they're like, man, he said like he said this metaphor, but I feel like doesn't that relate to God or doesn't that relate to this and that? And then it starts questions, and then now I can have an open dialogue about you know how I feel about things, and I'm not pressing it on them. Yeah. So I, I tell people all the time like, hey, if you ask me about what I believe or my faith. I'll tell you, but I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, oh, hey, you shouldn't do that because the word says that. No, that's not who I am. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather people ask me what I believe and me be able to defend myself and say, okay, this is what I've experienced. This is what I've seen. Um, and this is what I believe. That being said, you don't have to believe what I believe <laughs> for me to still respect you and love you and care about you like you're my family. So yeah. I think that's the fear for a lot of people. They feel like if you're up front, they feel like you're automatically trying to push what you feel and believe on them automatically. And I tell people all the time, no, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Not at all. And I know that, uh, based off our conversations, just knowing who you are, you want people to see who God is through you. Yep. Opposed to you having to say what you are in representation of. Exactly. But just let you speak for you. Exactly. And you, you becoming a living vessel and it's proof that hip hop and music in general has become it's your gospel that's your gospel yeah. and it's yeah. I never would have thought gospel could be the gospel could be relayed through hip hop the way that Man, it is true and it's, it's 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 a beautiful it's been a beautiful experience for me because I like I, I I like hip hop I always have for, for a while and then hear people talk about this to hear men talk about marriage mm-hmm. like when Andy Mineo did that Oof. I was like wow yeah, and to, because a lot of times when you think about hip hop, you don't you don't think that that could be talked about in a in a good way, like in a in a way that would make you go back and listen to that song again. Exactly. Because a lot of times when you think about you know uh, feel good topics, you know like respect and marriage and coming together, people take that as as gimmick tracks, mm-hmm. as in like all right, you know that's good, good good message. All right, where the bangers at? You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you hear people like like you mentioned Andy. And, and Kendrick and Cole and Cray and a lot of these dudes talking and they're talking about real stuff mm. like real stuff and it's and it's still dope and it's and it's still sonically uh, good you're like it makes you wonder like why don't why aren't we getting more of this yeah you know it really makes you wonder why aren't we getting more of this and uh, granted we know the industry is about you know the green it's about you know uh, fattening your pockets but man I, to, to your point it's great to see that the the message the word is being deciphered through hip-hop in such a way um i was listening to i've been listening to sense of release i've been listening to bizzle's album his ep mm-hmm. man <laughs> this dude like I, i'm on the verge of just calling him the goat for chh like because in it, it it almost uh was uh basically set in stone when, when i saw something on instagram a little while ago one of the guys on his label uh, Dayton, he said, I just want to give a shout out to Bizzle real quick. I just want to brag on him. He's like, all of these labels and industry people, even in CHH, they have writing, you know, guys on their writing team to help them with their bars and to make the best song possible. And I know Reach does. I know Cray does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But he's like, Bizzle writes all of his stuff. He said, Bizzle writes all of his stuff. And I'm sitting here like, his stuff is cold. <laughs> and then he goes, and he even mentioned on the bottom, he was like, even when you hear singers on his track, he wrote the hook. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here amazed. Like, we have artists that are as talented as everyone else. And they're still able to take their experience, take the word, take their testimony, and put it in such a way that, like, people, like the NF, people don't realize that he's a believer till they he says, like, a bar that's like, wait, he's a, he's a Christian? <laughs> yeah, and so exactly. I, I saw, like, plenty of, of test videos. You know how they get people in a room randomly, and they're like, all right, tell us, do you like this song? Do you not like it? Or they'll show them a video. And they showed, like, ten people in uh, an, an NF track uh, music video and they're like oh he's good and whatever and they had, they had the lyrics in front of them while, as they're watching the video and they're like okay cool and then they got to certain bars and they're like he's a Christian and I'm like that that that's amazing to me because yeah. it's not like this isn't a trick it's not a gimmick it's not to be like alright real life real life real life I'm a Christian yeah, 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 yeah. no it's a no this is who I am mm. me being a believer shouldn't push you away from the fact that like I'm just like you yeah. I make mistakes I'm human I sometimes I'm happy sometimes I'm sad sometimes I'm really trying to figure out what is life about but at the end of the day this is why I keep moving mm-hmm. um, and I think if we could all have the mentality regardless if someone labels themselves you know a Christian rapper or, or gospel singer and they just want to be called a regular singer that doesn't take away from the message yeah. Um, and I think sometimes that gets lost. Um, and, I, and I had to grow in that, too. Um, there was a shift in CHH that I didn't I didn't necessarily like. But I didn't like it for. I want to say for a selfish reason, yeah. um, because I felt like what was happening is all the the top blogs like Rapzilla and uh, Wado Radio and all these other uh, CHH blogs, what I felt like was happening was all the dudes that said they were explicit, like I'm a Christian rapper, I'm a Christian singer, yada yada, they weren't being promoted as much as the ones that were said, well, I just happen to be Christian. And then I felt like, well, where's the balance? Yeah. You know, that's where my frustration was. So every time I saw a new rapper that necessarily wasn't more explicit in his his or her music I was like it's not that they're not dope but it's hard for me to receive it because I feel like we're just pushing them because they're dope yeah and not not taking into account no we need elements of them and elements of the people that are explicit about what they do um and so that's what I mean by a bit of bit of selfishness so there was a while where I forgot what album it was. There was an album that Lecrae released that I just I just was not even interested in listening to. And the crazy thing is, like, you know how people are like, oh, I want to be famous so I can meet my role model? Like, if there was one dude where I'm like, yo, if I met him, I, I would tell him to his face, you're the reason, like, well, I'm still here. He would yeah. be one of them. Yeah. Um, because before anyone knew about him and the Grammys and stuff like that, before Andy was ever signed to that label, Derek Minor was ever signed to that label, well, he was pro before he was Derek Minor, um, I was listening to Lecrae. Yeah. I was listening to Cray. And so I think when all that transitioned and all that stuff was going on, I felt like, man, it's not, it wasn't like an anger at him. Like, Oh, you switched up. It was more anger. Like, I don't think you realized the effect you had on the rest of the culture. Yeah. When you said, I'm a 
Christian, or no, I'm a rapper who happens to be Christian. And I was more upset at the reaction of the rest of CHH in, in regards to him than I was him, like, in general. Uh, so it was tough, but I think he's one of the top people that I believe has a great way of, of, of saying his message and it not feeling like he's attacking you yeah. with, the, with the message. Uh, I think sometimes we forget, like, Cray wasn't raised in the church like that. And I, and I think he's like, I am who I am. And and I was raised in a certain culture and a certain background, a certain city. And he's like, I got to go back and help those people. Because I was raised in that environment. And if I have the, the gospel, if I have the message, I can't be concerned with other believers right now. They're saved. They're okay. Yeah. I got to go back and get them. And so that was one of the things that slowly turned my heart a little bit. Because I realized, I was like, man, like, God's got him on this path we want him here you know and he's not going to be judged based off of what we think he should be doing he's going to be judged off what he was supposed to do yeah. while he was here on this earth and I was like ooh I was like okay that means I need to get my ducks in order right because that means because that made me focus and go okay what should I be doing I was like and I had to do a check I'm like Lord should I even be doing music mm. like it, it was uh, okay you know I don't have to do music I've told plenty of artists this you don't have to do music in order to be effective in your community, uh, to be a role model to young kids, you don't have to be doing music. You don't have to. You want to, and that's okay to want to. But at the end of the day, is what you're trying to do interrupting what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. And I never want to get to the point where I want something so bad that I become blind to the moment or where I am currently in my life. Uh, so I, I'm kind of glad that I kind of went through that stage where there was a little bit of resentment toward like him and other artists. Um, and I believe, I believe God used him for that. I, I truly believe that, like, and I believe I'm not the only one that, that went through that or that experienced that. Um, but I think it was good. I think it, I think it was great, honestly. Um, because it forced me to be honest about my own insecurities as a believer too. Yeah. Um, we let's. I think. Let's be honest. I think a lot of people put him on a pedestal. With the gray. Mm-hmm. They did. And so when he switched up, so to speak, he didn't really switch <laughs> up. But when everyone says he switched up, then a lot of people felt like, oh, well, what about the kids? They're, who else are they going to look up to? And I sat back and I said, wait, hold on. These are the same parents. Y'all letting y'all's kids listen to everything else. Why are you upset with him? <laughs> you know. And and so. It was it was it was a wake up call. It really was a wake up call that like it that people one they were putting him on a pedestal. Two they were using his words and his music as the gospel as opposed to actually studying and having a real relationship on the back end. And I'm like, man, like I think that moment made me realize how powerful music was. Yeah. Like that to me was like, man, music it, it can save lives, but it can certainly tear them down too. Yeah if we're not careful and that's why I'm very like I said mentioned that earlier I'm very intentional about what I say yeah yep um, to sum everything up uh, I just started asking people this question because I'm just curious because I would like to hear it from you all yeah opposed to me just developing some idea based off what you all have said the entire hour okay based off where you are uh, your family mm-hmm. um, your history 
uh, your music career, mm -hmm. um, your relationships with your friends, every aspect of your life, what would you say is the glory in your story? Ooh. Um, I think the the glory in it all, and you hear me say it all the time, is is uh, my you know my motto: live authentic, right? Mm. I, I learned the glory in it is regardless of what you do or what you have a passion for. Um, so whether it's being in music, regardless if it's being in the medical field or being an educator, um, you know, whatever you love or have a passion for or whatever you feel like you're called to do, you can do it and still make a difference. Yeah. Um, I actually told someone today, uh, they asked me if I felt like my pain had anything to do with my ministry. Mm -hmm. And I told them that usually your purpose and life is attached to one, the pain that you've experienced in your life, but also it's attached to your passion as well. Yeah. And I believe those are, those are together. I don't think that those are separate at all. Um, and for me personally, it was, it was that fact of growing up, not feeling like I was, uh, worth people's attention, worth people's time, uh, feeling like I had to appease everyone I had to be the chameleon in the room, so to speak, and please everyone and make sure everyone was happy when I was killing myself doing it. And so, uh, you know, my, my, my glory is that, man, like I'm I'm one of a kind, you know, like I'm, I'm I, I have to be authentic to myself. I have to be true to myself because at the end of the day, there's someone that needs to hear my story and they need to be able to hear it and know that I'm being truly authentic about it and I'm being real about it. And they can go, man, if he went through that, like, I can get through anything. Like, I can get through, I'm, I might be going through less than what he went through. Yeah. So if he can get through that, man, oh, I got it. Like, okay, yeah, the funds might not be where I want them to be, but I'm going to make it. You know, I mean, I have, you know, you know, 10 to 20 friends, but, okay, I got those two or three I can depend on. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I just want people to, to be able to take what they have and and make the best out of it because, really, that is that adds value to your life and that adds value to other people's life when they can see you and they're like man he or she they don't have much but they always seem to be happy yeah. you know like they you know they they don't got it all together but they always seem to be happy you know there might be stuff going on in their relationship but they're still fighting you know um it's 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 cool and so that's what that's what i really want when people look at my story at the end of the day i want them to be able to go like hey he loved people uh he gave us all to help others when he could um he was he was honest when he needed to be honest with people uh, about where they were in their life. But at the end of the day, that he, when you saw him, you knew that he wasn't going to be anyone else but himself. Um, and if I can get people to take that from from my story and looking at my life, oh man, I've done a I've done a great job. I'm, I've, I will uh, I will I will be happy with that. Um, and obviously, uh, a good portion of that is I want them to be able to see why I live that way. Yeah. And I want them I want them to ask the questions like, man, even through the bad, he was like he tried to be positive. And why is that? And so when I'm gone, when people ask those questions, hopefully the people close to me can walk over to those people and go, this is what he believed. Yeah, this is what he believed. This is this is the, the God that he believed in. These are the values that he stood on. And it kept him moving, even when sometimes just like any other human, he felt like quitting. Yeah. So that, that will be the glory in my story. <laughs> yep. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike. Not um, a problem. Those of you who are, who are listening, uh, check out Mike's music. Uh, he has a discography um, that extends. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it seven years? 
Ooh. six or seven. It might be, to be real, it might be less than that. It, I want to say five, honestly. Five it just, I've released so much <laughs> that it feels like, it feels like 10. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like 10 years that I've been doing it, but uh, there's a lot of music. So if anyone's interested, there's a lot of music to go through. There's, yeah. there's plenty of it. <laughs> and he's putting together a project now because he just released Sushi. Um, Indeed. We had got an exclusive listen uh, about a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, during the conference, mm-hmm. um, actually a couple of months ago. Wow, it's your time flew. Yeah, man. But I knew once I heard it, I was like, Mike. Mike is getting gritty, getting pretty gritty, man. Yeah. So uh, look out for that. And um, he may, if anything comes up, I look up Mike Sarge on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yep. Twitter as well. Twitter as well. And uh, if you have any questions or concerns, you can hit me up and I can let him know or you can hit him up yourself um, he's very approachable he has like an open nice open door policy if anything you that I do any questions or anything you're just curious about um, production or anything as an artist in general just hit him up and I know he's more than welcome to uh, more than open mm-hmm. uh, to assist so thank you all for listening uh, again this is the glory in our stories episode 29 with the amazing Mike Sarge